Client communication is something that we all have to navigate as photography business owners. And oftentimes it's how we communicate and the timeliness of our communication that really sets us apart from the crowd of photographers competing for the same clients in the same areas. Welcome to the Motherhood Anthology Podcast, Photography Education for a Business You Love. My name is Kim Box and I'm your host with a collaboration and help of my co-hosts and business partners at the Motherhood Anthology, Jenny Kruger and Allison Craig. I'm so happy to have our very own Allison Craig on the podcast today. Allison is a partner at the Motherhood Anthology and owner of a very successful Lentil Photography. Allison's been coined the word smith of TMA. She truly lives up to the title. Daily, Allison is called on in our membership to help business owners navigate the intricacies of client communication because she's naturally gifted with having just the right words to say. As someone who's worked hard to nail down her communication style and workflow, Allison is so generous in sharing tips and tricks when it comes to copy and effective communication. I couldn't think of a better person to talk about the topic of client communication than her. So without further ado, I present to you episode number 22 of the Motherhood Anthology podcast. We're talking about client communication today, and I think that's a great introduction because tell everyone how you fly cross country once a month (laughs) 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 to shoot and run your business from states away. So I think that's very appropriate that (laughs) communication. (laughs) Yes. I think like without good client communication, that would be very hard. So tell us about that. But for those that don't know inside the membership, I'm sure most of our members know how you moved your business from Texas to well, you didn't move your business. You moved your body from Texas, yes. to your family from Texas to Asheville, but your business remains in Texas and you, you commute. So tell us. Yes. So we moved December of 21 out to Asheville, North Carolina from Houston. And I sort of had like this idea of how it was going to go in my head. And then, you know, things sort of unfold organically. And so it's been over a year and I do, I mean, I, I run my business from afar. I have a photographer that works for me and she does sessions in between my visits. So I usually come once a month for, you know, four or five days and see clients and then she serves everybody else. But yeah, I, I do all of the communicating from States away and so far so good. So I know for a while you had someone that I think helped with just the client communication, but you're doing that now completely, right? Yes. I took that back on in November. And so I really, yeah, I do it all. And I think, you know, Kim, you know this, like I, I'm the queen of outsourcing. I, I love being able to find areas where I can, you know, pass some stuff on to others so that I can like do better in one of my like strong points, but, you know, having taken that part back, I guess I didn't realize like how much I really missed it. Like how much I missed the, the communicating with clients and just how much you get to know them through email before a session and I don't, just being able to like serve them. So I've actually really enjoyed taking back on that responsibility. And I think that in the future, if I outsource anything else, it'll be not that it'll be something, something different because I've really loved being able to like settle back into, you know, really knowing everybody before their session. 
I can see because I've done it both ways. And I think that it is such, I think our clients really appreciate being able to communicate with the owner or the photographer, you know, leading up to their session. And we talk so much about how relationship is so important in our businesses and in our brand. And I think that's just a great way to build that relationship up front. And sometimes I I bet you know this too, like the girls on our team, they'll laugh, you know, like sometimes even when there's conflict or some someone maybe wants to give you a little resistance to maybe a boundary. They don't do that so much when you're the owner. I don't know why that is, but uh, you know, they, they can be given someone heck on our team and they'll say, let me get Kim for you. And then I get on the phone and they're like sugary sweet. And it's like, they're, they're like, what, what's, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because you're sugary sweet. Kim. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, maybe, I don't know, but But I think another great benefit of that too is like we're as entrepreneurs, such idea people and just like in the communication with our clients, I think we get lots of great ideas of how we can serve them better or maybe where some bottlenecks are or just like I think getting, even if you don't do it all the time, I think it's a great suggestion to pick it up from time to time to just get a feel for what's going on. Yes, I agree. And I feel like too, and we'll talk about this today, but if you are really, you know, intentional with your like client experience and like the client communication, you know, it doesn't have to, you know, people think of like emailing clients back and forth and they, they think like, oh, that's going to take up a lot of time, but truthfully it doesn't. Like if you have your workflows implemented and your templates implemented, obviously there's always going to be you know, a handful of emails where you're going back and forth and like talking about things, but for the most part, everything's like really streamlined. So you can, you know, communicate with clients effectively while also not spending hours on the computer. You know, whenever I took that back on, I, I did not change my work day. I'm still working nine to two. So I, I guess that like tells you how much time I'm actually like having to spend extra on all of that. So I feel like the amount of time that I'm giving to that communication part is totally worth like the return because clients feel like better served and it, you're right. It is different coming from the owner or the artist. There's just a different weight to it. So inside our membership, you're lovingly referred to as our wordsmith. So I'm excited (laughs) (laughs) to ask you all the questions today. And that's, that was my very first question. So before we even get into like the direct client communication, what can we be doing that's going to set us up for really clear communication and information before we even have that first contact with our client? So for me, I think this will probably resonate with a lot of people that are at like the same life stage. I was a people pleaser my entire life. And I feel like I hit my thirties, really like mid thirties and that changed. And I realized like the importance of boundaries for myself and for clients. And so, you know, I really try from the very beginning to have it communicated my non-negotiables. So non-negotiable for me is we do not work on the weekends. You know, a non-negotiable for me is like, I don't specialize in photographing events. And so I feel like all of that, if it's clearly communicated from like the very beginning, which obviously means either on social media or website, then 
you know, you're sort of checking off boxes for them on like what they do or don't need. Now that doesn't mean that they're still not going to ask, but you know, you never have to feel like you weren't clear or you didn't like share that information. And so then, you know, after the first contact, then that really, for me, goes into, I use 17 hats as my CRM. And I really try from the very beginning to serve them like in a way where they are not having to ask me for the answers. Like I've already given them the answers. I definitely want to dive into 17 hats, but back to setting up boundaries and the things we communicate with our website. What do you feel like is important that we include on our website just to kind of set the tone and communicate what we do and do not do? Like, how do you spell that out on your website? So for us, you know, I, on my homepage put like what we specialize in. So, you know, maternity, newborn, motherhood, family, and really you just have to show what you're wanting to photograph in the future. And then there's little things like, you know, on a contact form, are you going to say, you know, please expect a response within 24 hours or check your spam folder? Or are you going to say there, like, you know, weekend time is reserved for our own families. Like there's a lot of little things that you can put in there that communicates with clients and also gives them like a, like an idea about time, right? Like when they should expect to hear from you when they should expect to be able to have a session with you, all of those things. And then I don't know that this is technically like client communication, but something that so many people are missing on their website is their location. And if you, you have to communicate that with clients, because often they'll land on a website and they'll fall in love, not realizing that you are a thousand miles away and not an option. So Miss Wordsmith, I had an email <laughs> this week. Again, I, I don't shoot I would shoot a little, not nearly as much as I used to, but I love a single child. Like, I guess we all probably do. It's like the mm-hmm. easiest, but that's my sweet spot. I love to shoot a, a toddler portrait. Mm-hmm. And um, so the sweet grandmother had written and I thought, oh, I want to do that. And so I wrote her back. And of course, the first email I get back is, sounds great. We're available Saturday mornings. <laughs> yeah. And so what do you say when someone says I'm only available Saturday mornings or Saturdays are best for us? What would your reply be? My reply now is I'm happy to like be flexible during the weekday, but weekends are reserved for our own family's time. And so I always tell clients, you know, treat a photography session, just like you would a dentist appointment or a haircut or whatever you sneak away from your weekday duties to get those things done. And really, whenever I started framing it as weekends are time for us with our families, I really have very little pushback. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing. Like that was, I I learned that lesson a long time ago too, that if you put that in there, that you try hard to reserve that for your own family that they, they can't argue with that much. (laughs) Right. Right. You know, and if, if someone's trying to find a stepping stone, like let's say that you want to eventually have that boundary of no weekends, but you're just not quite there yet. Or you're afraid that saying no to weekends is going to make you lose clients. A great stepping stone is just charging a weekend fee because then if they truly do need it, they will make it work and they'll pay that fee. And then it's a little bit easier for you to, you know, get up and leave your family and go meet them for a session. 
another tip that I learned a long time ago is before you even get to the, I think normally what happens in the progression of communication is, oh, that sounds great. I'm ready to book. And instead of saying, okay, then what day is good for you? You, you give them options. I'm available on this day, this day, and this day. Yes. We reserve weekends for family. So you just spit that out before they even tell you that yeah. um, they need a Saturday and people will typically choose from the options that you give them. Yes. And that, that really goes back to like serving them before they have questions. So instead of them saying, do you have X, Y, or Z dates available? You just respond with, here are, you know, three dates during the time that you're asking which one works for you. And, you know, sometimes then that like takes away the need to even ask about weekends, but then if they do, you just, you know, be honest. Like, you know, I feel like the older we get, the more that we realize like our, our kids and family time, it passes by so quickly. And so for me now I'm at the point where they'd have to pay me a lot of money to roll out of bed on a Saturday and go meet someone else's family and miss out on the moments with mine. Let me tell you, Allison, my, my firstborn son graduates in just a few months. And I can't tell you how much I've thought about that lately because I mean, my daughter, she's 27. So yeah, we had a seven, eight years before I started the photography business. So we had our weekends when she was small. But my son has only lived through my business. Yeah. And I mean, even though I stopped shooting weddings a few years ago, um, I think now about like if the closer you get to your child leaving home, you think like, oh gosh, if I could just have that time back. And I think about all the the Saturdays that I spent away and ball games I missed and breakfast I missed. And yeah, ooh, it hurts my heart. So you know, yeah, if you're I, a new photographer, like <laughs> I know we want to build our business and there are a lot of people that are willing to work on Saturdays, but we're building businesses so that we can provide for our families for, so we can be with our families. So don't, that's one thing you'll look back and regret for sure. Um, yeah. It's, it's really just about building your business with boundaries from the, from the start, you know, don't, don't, I, I feel like looking back, you know, I, I thought that I had to like photograph everything. I thought that I had to be available 24 seven because all I wanted to do was like, you know, book clients and make money and this and that, but really that's not what it's about. Like if, if I want, if I want a lifestyle where I'm away from my family often, I could go back to being a nurse. So the whole point of the whole point of building your own business is to provide the luxury of like a flexible calendar and making your own rules. And I think very often entrepreneurs get so hyped about what they're doing. It's very easy to be like, oh, well, I'll just, you know, take that one Saturday session or, oh, I'll just do it this one weekend. And then it snowballs quickly because really we love what we do. Right. So it's a, it's sometimes hard to find a balance or boundaries when you really do love your job and you enjoy doing it. And so it's, I don't know, for me, it was harder to say no, but. And I'm such a people pleaser. That's always same. Been a very hard thing <laughs> for me, but it's almost like I, I observe other people, Jenny, for instance, like Jenny has great boundaries. <laughs> and so it's almost like dating, like 
you know, like you kind of want what you can't have. Like I think the firmer your boundaries are and the more that you say, this is the way I do it. And I don't bend almost the more people want you, you know, like, yeah. So that's interesting too. Well, And I mean, it's just my experience that, I mean, and this, I guess has even like presented itself even more since I'm now flying back to Houston for clients, but you know, not only am I not, you know, photographing clients on weekends, but I'm also only photographing clients for really two or three days while I'm in Houston. And so they're super flexible. Like, and I, I, I obviously cherish my clients and love them, but it just goes to show that if they really find value in the experience and the art that you're delivering to them, they will meet you in the middle. And for my middle, it's that I'm available these three days a month and come, come hang out. And they all say, yes. Okay. So we hear a lot of talk about people and their CRM. Yes. You know what that means? <laughs> um, I had to look it up. I'm going to be honest. I, I knew that it was like a manager of clients, but do you yeah. know what CRM stands for? Isn't it like client relationship? Relationship. I Googled yes. it. <laughs> okay. I was like, rah, 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 something. <laughs> hey, I'm all about being honest about what I don't know. So if yeah. I need to learn, we can all learn together. So <laughs> CRM means client relationship management. So I know that we all use 17 hats and I will say that was a life changer. If you don't have a CRM, we all love 17 hats. I don't know much about the others, but it was, I just remember like trying to juggle all the parts and pieces and all the clients and all the invoices and all the emails. And it was like, oh my gosh, there's a tool for this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Before I got 17 hats, which was like, I mean, I think I'm grandfathered into like the very beginning deal that they had, but I was doing it all via like saving, saving a template response in my Google Gmail drafts and then copying and pasting. And, you know, looking back, it's like whenever I was doing one or two sessions a month, just starting off, I could do it that way. And I still wasn't serving my clients how I should have been, but like it was doable. Whereas now with the volume that we're doing and the experience that we're giving, there's no way that we would be able to mentally keep track of who is where in their workflow and experience and what is my next step to serve them. It would be impossible. So tell us, Allison, tell us about 17 hats, like kind of give us a walkthrough of how you use it in your business. So I have their inquiry form embedded on my website. So a client will inquire with me and that immediately sends me an email saying that I've received a lead. And so from there, I'm able to apply a inquiry workflow that includes the inquiry response, like the email template, everything's attached to like the pricing PDF. And then I have it set to send them three other follow-up emails. I do it manually. Like it'll prompt me to send that, but that keeps me on track that way. I'm following up with, with people when I should be and nothing's getting overlooked. And I cannot tell you how many clients wind up reserving a session on the second or third follow-up email. So if you are listening and you do not send follow-ups to leads, you are a hundred percent missing out on 
sessions with them. How do you space those? When are they getting those? So I do my first follow-up after three days after the inquiry. And then my next follow-up four days after that. And then my next follow-up I think is three days after that. So those emails are sent over the course of like a week and a half. And those are automated. So no, you said you are manually sending those. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a few things that I wish that like workflows were a little bit like more customizable in 17 hats. So for instance, you can't tell it only send this email if I've not received a response from the client. And so I don't have it set to automatic because I want to go back in and make sure that like, number one, they've read the email that I sent them. Um, if not, I'll follow up with them. And two, like, I don't want to have had them like say, yes, I would love to do a session and then them automatically receive a follow-up email because I forgot to turn it off. So it's just easier for my homepage prompts me and says what I have got to do. And then I'm able to just manually make sure that I am not, you know, sending something to them that they shouldn't be receiving. And so once they say, yes, I'm ready to book that prompts a different workflow for you. So then I, then I create a different workflow for them. And that is I, well, it's, it's a lot of things. It could be a membership workflow. It could be a single session workflow. And all of that has their contract, their model release, the creative fee invoice, a questionnaire. I have it like a little to-do to send their welcome box out, hair and makeup details, cake smash details, if that's what they're doing, a wardrobe email, and then finally like a sessions details email where they get a reminder of like, date, time, what to bring, last minute stuff, that kind of thing. I think there's so much inside the membership, but you have a good bit of that in the membership that you share. Yes, I do. So if you have grabbed 17 hats and you're a bit overwhelmed with setting it up, I have created content inside of the membership on exactly how to create the workflows, like the settings to put for them. And then I also include email templates to use as like a, a foundation for what you write yourself. So it makes it super easy to, you know, obviously not everyone should be using the same words that I share, but you can just really tailor it to your own business and your own voice. And it get, gives you a good place to start. Are there any creative ways like that you use 17 hats? Like, do you, once a session is complete, you've delivered the artwork do you use 17 hats like as reminders? Like, yeah. You know, to say like, happy birthday, you're two. Like, do you use it in any way in the future like that as a reminder to reach out to clients? Yeah. So I don't, I don't do birthdays, but they have a to-do function where you can just set reminders for yourself. And so let's say that somebody signed, well, this is a perfect example. Yesterday, someone signed up for a membership. She wants four sessions. So we went ahead and, and scheduled her maternity and newborn session, but then her six month, like motherhood session and first birthday cake smash is not until spring and summer of 2024. So we're not going to go ahead and, you know, do like finalize those dates now, but I can put it to like, I'll assign a membership workflow. And then I'll also put it to do on each project so that I'm reminded like, Hey, finalize this date 90 days before it's supposed to, before the month that it's supposed to happen. And so that really keeps me on track, like currently, but also just in the future. So that I'm not going back going, you know, okay, which membership needs to just schedule their 
final sessions and which ones am I missing? It's, it's a really easy way to keep you on track with all of that. Do you have any tips for just like copywriting, good copy? I do. So my strong suit, and I think why they call me the wordsmith inside the membership and community is just because I'm good with like words, but I know that a lot of people aren't. And for even myself, sometimes it's really hard to, I don't know, especially when it's my own clients, it's hard to like remove myself emotionally. Right. So like I can 100% help somebody work through something with their client, but when it comes to mine, it's a bit harder because you, you've got that like emotional involvement. So I've said it before, but chat GPT is super, super helpful with just really creating anything for your business. It's, you know, the more that you feed it, like your own wording and your own voice, the more that it adopts that. So, you know, even if I wanted to take my about me page and I wanted to like revamp it, you can really tell it like, Hey, um, this is my, about my current about me page. My personality is X, Y, and Z. Please write with that voice. And it does for you. And I think that this is going to be a really big game changer for people that struggle with copy or people that, I mean, maybe they're like dyslexic and writing is like hard for them. Uh, it's, it's going to be helpful. And I don't feel like our brains can even wrap around the like the abilities that we have right now at our fingertips. So if you are struggling with, you know, social media copy or what to talk about, or, you know, really anything you can ask it and it will help you. And it's I really, it's really kind of scary, smart I've played with it a little bit. And it's like, yeah. Oh my goodness, where is our society heading? <laughs> yeah. And you don't even, I don't know, you look at it and you're like this is incredible, but also incredibly scary because truthfully I've been using it since I first heard about it months ago. And because I've interacted with it so much, it has like really adopted my voice. So it's made it super easy for me to like ask it questions and, you know, do, do all of that stuff with it. And just the things that you would think like, and, I, and I've only played with it, but just the things that you can ask it that you would think, oh, it's not going to know what to say here, because what does it know about motherhood photography blog post ideas? Like, yes, it's, it's not going to know about motherhood photography and bam, 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 bam. It's like, yeah. oh my goodness. Or, you know, just like, I think I, I needed something for Indy the other day, like a title for something give me five titles for this and yeah. it fit them out. It's like, Oh, those are good, but they're not really indie. So I went back and I said, give me five. Cause indie's kind of, you know, indie film lab is kind of hip. Give me five hip film, like titles for, mm -hmm. and, it, and it just adjusted them perfectly. I mean, some of them were corny and you wouldn't use them, but yeah, like some of them were really good. And um, just as a, um, idea, like an idea engine, like when you're stuck on ideas or words, or it's just, it's, it's really cool. If you haven't played with it, you should definitely just hop on and play with it. Um, yeah. 
it, it definitely makes the whole communication in every aspect easier. And, you know, again, I'm, I'm not going to take something that it creates and just like copy paste at, by any means, but, you know, let's yeah, say I've heard some, that you can't do that, that it really yeah. will plagiarize. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, let's say that you're wanting to send out a flow desk letter newsletter to your clients and you're just stuck on like what to say, you know, sometimes for me, it's like just getting past that writing block is helpful. So, you know, if I ask it something and it gives me a blurb, I'm like, Oh, that's a great like angle to come at it. Okay. And I can then myself go and, and write it's, it's just really sometimes good for like, uh, detailed prompts to get you going or question. You could say what would be some good questionnaire questions for mm-hmm. clients, um, blog post ideas, um, yeah. newsletter ideas, I just love the broad idea. Like it'll just list so many things that you wouldn't have thought of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even, even down to like finding hashtags that are local, I mean, everything like it is Google to the 10th exponent (laughs) and it really, it really is helpful. So if you're needing, you know, if you're, if you're wanting to like revamp something and you're needing help and copy is not your strong point, then I definitely say start with chat GPT because it. I don't know. Sometimes it's just a little, a little fire that you need to get yourself going. There's a Chrome, what do they call it? An extension or Chrome mm-hmm. for it. And also I had a friend that, that said never, not that, not that you would copy and paste a paragraph, but always retype the, the copy that you use because Google can recognize, I don't know, smart people, I guess they embed mm-hmm. something where you can tell that it was copy and pasted. So Google SEO, all that, like don't copy and paste words from right. just retype anything that you use from there. Yes. Yeah. But it's kind of, it's kind of, like I said, scary, smart. Yeah. I mean, and obviously it's catching on because I've even, how do you say it, Kim? It's Zapier or Zapier. Zapier, I think. Yeah. So Zapier now integrates with chat GPT. So you can tell chat GPT, create 30 posts about X, Y, and Z. And then you just it literally like integrates in Zapier or Zapier where like it sends it to all of your channels that you've got. So Pinterest or Twitter or YouTube or whatever. I don't know. I feel like we're going to look back on this podcast episode a year from now and be like, man, we really told the future. Now everyone's using chat GPT for everything. I feel like that's a, a, another podcast in itself. It's like, we should find <laughs> someone that's an expert and teach us all the things. That yes. Well, even this, I mean, this has nothing to do with client communication, but for me, I really struggle with, um, meal prep and like grocery lists and making sure that I'm not coming home with a ton of stuff that I can't use for ingredients. And so I told chat GPT, um, create five days worth of breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I want a certain amount of like protein at every meal. And I do want to eat a dessert and keep it under a certain amount of calories and it spit it out. And I was like, I would have never even thought of these like really easy. Oh, and I said, I don't like to cook. So <laughs> it took that into account and it spit out a table of like a meal plan. And then I said, create a shopping list for me. And it created a shopping list that I took to whole foods and got all of my ingredients. So for all the moms that are listening that are so busy and hate meal prepping, there's your new bestie. 
I heard you say that. I've, I've told several people that that tip. Mm-hmm. Are there problems like that you see people running into over and over that we can help them solve with clear communication? Like, what do you see inside I mean, our community? I feel like something that I've heard echoed multiple times is that, well, it's two parts, right? I've, I've heard it from like the photographer's perspective of they're just so busy. They got so busy so quick. They've got a lot of clients and it's really hard to manage it all. And then from, I mean, I've even heard this from my clients about other photographers like local that they just were impressed because I replied so fast where other people were taking days to respond to emails. And so I think that that's something that's very valued in the client experience is just them feeling heard and feeling served. And we do that very often with words. And so, you know, if you are listening and you're one of those people that is trying to do all the things and, you know, sometimes emails get pushed to the next day and to the next day, because you're busy, you know, photographing sessions or, or tending to your family or whatever, that's the biggest pain point that I hear from both sides. And what I would address you know, first is how can I re-up my own time, but also serve my clients and serve them well. And for me, the answer was a good CRM and really implementing it versus just halfway using it. Yes. You, you do a great job of using all the, the tools that 17 hats offer. Like it also has bookkeep. Do you use 17 hats for your bookkeeping? So I did, I used to, when I, change to an LLC S corp, they require like certain financials and 17 hats doesn't have that capability for the reporting. So I switched from it probably three or four years ago over to QuickBooks. But, you know, whenever I was a DBA and I wasn't needing to like, you know, have all of those report options, the bookkeeping there was fine. Can you recall a recent situation where there was a problem. And if you had communicated better or upfront, that might not have, probably not with you because you've got this down now, but like, what's a, maybe a reoccurring problem that we see that could easily be fixed. I think it's probably just transparency on your experience and how, how can you communicate that effectively? I don't really face that like super often just because you know, I've, I've been doing this over 10 years and I've really tried to refine my process. Like as I do have hiccups, so not to say that I don't have them, but I think that really making sure that you are super clear with everything that you do and don't offer and what is, and is not included, um, so that clients don't feel blindsided on the back end, or they don't feel like you were trying to hide something from them. I will say that even if we do that, even if we're upfront about experience and pricing and whatnot, we cannot force them to read the contract that they are signing. And so there's always going to be that one client a year that, you know, comes back and says, I'm so sorry. I, you know, signed this contract, but I did not realize that digital files were a certain amount. So there's some things that you can't help. Like at that point, I can't do really anything more, but I think that, you know, whenever I first started out, just making sure that I was clear and used as few words as possible so that everything that I was sharing with them was read. 
because there's nothing worse than a client feeling like they were blindsided by the cost of digital files or that, you know, they had no idea X, Y, and Z. So tell me about communicating price on the front end. How do you, how clearly do you do that? How much do you do that? Where do you do that? Yeah. So I, on my website, I have like what our creative fees are. And then when they inquire, they get a PDF that has all of our investment information. So it has their creative fees. It has the cost of digital files. It has, you know, framed artwork prices, all of that stuff. That way they know from the very beginning, this is what I'm going to spend. And especially, you know, I feel like when you get to a a point where you've raised your prices and raised your prices, it, you know, you don't ever want someone to be like, oh, wow, I had no idea that your digital files were $3,000 because then not only have we given a spot to someone who really couldn't budget for it, but also the client has then wasted their time on all of that and can't afford the pictures. So I do it on my website. I send full pricing. Um, then once they say that they're going to book a session, I still send uh, my pricing guide again attached to their creative fee invoice. And then in my contract, I have pricing for digital files and like the like online ordering process laid out and they have to initial there as well. So I really try hard to make sure that they understand the investment because no one wants to go through the experience and not end up with pretty pictures to show for it. Also talk to us about communication after the session. So what does that look like for you? So for me, I switched to online galleries during COVID and I've just sort of really never looked back. I feel like I can sell online or I can sell in person. And really at this point in my life, obviously I can't fly across country to do ordering appointments, but also clients are really busy and they really like the online part of it. So, um, after a session, I always communicate with them. Like, even though it says it in the contract, I tell them, you know, it's going to be, um, three weeks, you know, for us to edit your pictures. And then we always deliver them way sooner and we do an online ordering appointment. So, Again, we, you know, send an email saying, Hey, your gallery is ready. Do you want to view them on this date at this time or this date at this time? And they get to choose and they've got two days to look through their pictures. And then we finalize everything. And really, I would say 90% of all of that is done through email communication. Very rarely will I have to call a client. Now I I don't mind calling a client, but I'm saying that just so that everyone listening knows that you can even still get great sales via emails and not having to, you know, do in-person sales or call somebody on the phone. I think that, I don't know, a lot of people are busy. And so just keeping it to emails is sometimes easier for everyone. So you give them two days, they get to pick the two days ahead. Yes. Do you get pushback on the two days thing? No, not really. I mean, I will. And this again, goes back to communication. Like I will have some people that will say, oh my gosh, we just were not able to narrow it down. Do you mind if we have an extra day? And as long as it's communicated and like, I know what, like, absolutely. They can absolutely have another day to like, you know, get their friends, you know, opinions on the pictures or for them and their husband or 
or spouse or partner to sit down and, you know, go over everything together one more time. So, you know, typically two days, sometimes three days. Um, so if they haven't we, heard, if you haven't heard back from them at the end of the two days, are you pulling the gallery? Are you reaching out via email? What happens at that point? So I have a workflow in 17 hats that is for online ordering appointments as well. So that keeps me on track there. And it reminds me to send their gallery, to send them an email saying you've got one more day, then to send an email saying your gallery is closing. Let's finalize your order. And all of that is done again through like a workflow in 17 hats so that I can remember like who is where in their ordering process. And, you know, I don't, I don't really ever take galleries down only if I like have, I mean, I would, if I didn't hear from somebody, but that really never happens. So you're reaching back out via email to finalize the order. You're not getting yeah. on a phone call or no. Zoom. Nope. I send, I send an email and, you know, ask for how many digital files, like a lot of times, you know, part of the process is me telling them what I want them to do. So I want them to heart their favorites and whatnot. And so based off that, then we just go through, you know, I walk them through like an email real quick saying like, okay, you've favorited, you know, 45 images. So it makes sense to just go out and purchase the full gallery. Did you want to create an album? Did you want to frame any of your favorites? And oftentimes they'll respond and say, you know, yeah. And so, the, you know, then from there, I just create an invoice and send it over, but the process is super simple for them. And it's really easy for me. And, and truthfully, like being able to have everything written down so that I can go back and be like, oh yeah, what, you know, what album cover do they say? It's nice. You know, I'm not having to like second guess myself on what was said at an ordering appointment that lasted an hour. Okay. Last question, Allison, if you had to go back to the very beginning of your business, what piece of advice would you give yourself surrounding the whole client communication, setting things up properly? So I think that a, a couple things I would have had a CRM from the very beginning. I think that whether you have one client a month or you have 10 clients a month, it, it allows you to free up your own time while not sacrificing any part of communication with your client and they still feel very served. So I would have done that from the very beginning. I would have also implemented boundaries a lot sooner. I, I mentioned this earlier, but I had this feeling when I first opened my business that I had to, and this is part of being a people pleaser, that I had to serve everybody and everyone whenever they wanted to make them happy. And that's just not true. And so I, I feel like if I could go back and do it over again, I would have, you know, spend weekends at home with my very tiny babies and enjoyed those snuggles and not missed out on them. And, you know, I would have put some parameters around my availability just so that, you know, it just sets yourself up. You, you, you create a better foundation for yourself. If you implement boundaries early, you've built a business and then you have to go back to all of those clients you've built it with and said, you know, say JK, just actually, I do have these boundaries. It's harder that way. So if you just implement them from the very beginning, you know, building a business with boundaries is really the best thing that you could do for your clients, for yourself, for anyone that you're spending time with outside of work and want to prioritize. 
That's all great advice, Allison. You're so smart. Thank you. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you. Allison, I can't thank you enough for agreeing to be on today's episode. You bring so much value to the motherhood photography business space, and I hope you, the listener, were able to jot down some great advice Allison shared with us today. The Motherhood Anthology community on Facebook is a great free place to go for tips and tricks and even situation-specific advice. You can ask us anything from client communication questions to pricing and editing. Shortly following, you'll have great feedback and input from others in the same industry. It's really a great place and we'd love to see you there. So head over to Facebook and join us today. Nobel Prize winning playwright George Bernard Shaw once said, the single biggest problem in communication is the illusion that it has taken place. I love that. So from our lens to yours, until next time, friends.